0: This is a Rooster Teeth production.
1: Hello, Charles. Hello. So, Mm. uh, Marvel has always played around with their timelines and other dimensions and alternate universes and different kinds of distant futures, Mm. Uh, while the TV series Loki didn't spend a ton of time touring all of these uh, locations. um, (laughs) I'm curious if you were able to get into that early writer's room um what would have been your top alternate destination that you would have liked to have seen them made real in the tv series Ooh, um, goodness there's a few good ones of like other alternate titles that were put out there and then there's like the times where like often with the x-men it feels like they go to different versions of their world or different futures and that kind of thing
0: they totally do yeah
1: is there a is there one you would have loved them visited Yeah, the thing that most
0: immediately comes to mind, I love it when cartoons are translated directly to reality where it's like Mm -hmm. they step through a portal and they're people now. Um, You know how in the X-Men cartoons, like the Avengers do exist, right? Like Mm -hmm. we see how Rogue got her powers. Mm -hmm. Give me the Avengers chunk of the X-Men cartoon universe where it's like, where's Carol been? I don't know. And it's literally just the Avengers. Give me that. Don't talk about the mutants. Don't worry about the Sentinels. None of that. But it is clearly like, oh, this universe is grounded in the 90s. And
1: these Avengers
0: are very
1: (laughs) 90s, you know what I mean? Give me that. Loki travels to the 90s Avengers. That would have been so great.
0: Yep, 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 yep
1: i like that i i uh, if i had to give an answer uh i would i would have i liked uh i've always liked marvel zombies that title it's just a fun silly space (laughs) and i want to see loki go visit marvel zombies
0: oh god not zombies let's go (laughs) yeah let's go Welcome to The Real Canon, a new pod about the genre pop culture we all live, breathe, and help make happen in real time. I'm Charles Pulliam writer and culture critic at io9. And
1: I'm John Reisinger, content creator and producer for Rooster Teeth Productions. Today, we're talking about the low-key season one finale.
0: Yeah, Marvel's Loki has come to a somewhat decisive end that, spoiler alert, uh, had some major consequences, both for the sacred timeline and for the future of the larger MCU. Uh, We always knew that Loki was going to be a show worth unpacking as its own individual story, but given the way things ended, we are digging into a big picture discussion about the multiverse. But before we talk about Loki and what's next, we wanted to kick things off with some quick thoughts about Black Widow, which ended up being this really interesting and weirdly timed entry into the MCU.
1: the it's it's big big news Uh, a marvel movie made a lot of movie in the theaters oh my god you don't say you don't um black widow crossed 100 million dollars domestic i think uh globally it passed over 200 million already Mm -hmm. like its first weekend so it did well natasha sold tickets i think
0: that like we always kind of knew that the the sweet spot for a lot of the services that or the studios that pivoted to direct releases during the pandemic the hope was that they could coast on movies that they didn't really anticipate doing so, so hot at the box office to begin right. with. Use that as a way to lure customers into the streaming services. And then hopefully within, you know, a certain amount of time, theaters would open back up and you could drop like the big guns uh, like Black Widow. And, you know, like you were joking about before, it's a Marvel movie, right? These shows, you know, we're talking about a show, but the movies have always just sort of been these tentpole events for sort of regardless of. How excited um, the general public is, they sort of become these things that warp the space around them. And mm-hmm. Black Widow, ha- you know, it being in theaters uh, led to it being a box office success. Um, but beyond sort of like the, I don't want to say convenience, but the sort of like the, uh, the the circumstance that it dropped into, Black Widow was pretty solid. Um, you know, I, I ended up watching it at home um, on my projector. And even though it is, you know, it, it's, it's it's late. It's late you know it's like hey remember this thing that happened before avengers and it's like not really because you've been trying to prime (laughs) us to think about the future for so much but i guess if we have to think about it, they were really
1: hoping everybody remembered those sokovia accords
0: right and it's like let's talk about the sokovia or or, it's like hey do you want to talk about budapest and it's like people have pointed out how there have been uh mentions of budapest in the avengers movies and it's like i mean okay Sure. That was like 20 years ago. that was like and he and she's <laughs> dead now. And that's not to say that, you know, these characters can't come back, but this ended up being a movie that was not about reviving Natasha, um, but was sort of about stealth introducing her sister Yelena, um, portrayed by Florence Pugh uh, as being her successor who's sort of, you know, going to be carrying on the Black Widow legacy going forward. And I mean like for a movie that could have been bad, just you know bad not necessarily because of the, the the story weakness but just sort of because the timing is off and everyone's focus hasn't been on natasha this was fine it was solid it, you, you know what i mean i
1: slightly disagree oh that's just I, we, we don't need to get into a major uh discord uh no, about I'm, it but I'm very, I, I'm very curious i i felt it uh it was kind of lacking in a few things to where i felt it was actually below middle of the road for me it was i didn't it wasn't horrendous it wasn't terrible Mm. i wasn't upset that i spent my 30 dollars on disney plus to watch it um but um it it did feel like they I, i felt i felt like um when whenever they got you know into some character work i liked it when they when they were you know florence big fan big fan florence she's great um she was great in it, uh, and David Harbour, uh, you know, playing a, up a bit of a, a comic relief character. <laughs> he stole a lot of scenes. He's just a big character, and, and his, his Red Guardian character was, you know, fun. Um, and, uh, and all that was great, um, but I've, I've, I felt like they detracted from uh, Natasha's story a little bit too much with, like, what this story was based around, where she really wasn't special because of this movie. And that's always been like something that I, I I felt like black widow supposed to be where she's, you know, the, don't tell me you're the most highly trained spy assassin ever. Like, um, show me by showing me that you're the most highly trained spy assassin ever, um, uh, you know, in, in, in a better way. And I I felt like this movie kind of maybe failed that a little bit. Oh, wow.
0: Goodness. Um,
1: Spicy, I'm spicy today.
0: Yeah, clearly, clearly. I mean, I think that my feeling about Natasha as a character on the Avengers, she's just a person, right? She's literally her and Clint are just people with guns and, you know, uh, and a bow and an arrow and they have no business being on a team Mm -hmm. full of superheroes. And I think that one of the reasons that the Black Widow film um, took so long to be developed Beyond, you know, rampant institutional sexism and the assumption that like female characters can't lead these movies Despite the fact that they are Marvel juggernaut movies and you know momentum is just going to almost ensure their success Um, I think that one of the things that Kind of understandably might have hampered production on this was the idea like okay, how do we make this big? how do we Mm. wrap a story around the like around the black widow that? Um, sort of matches the stakes uh, that you might find for a character like Thor um, or Black Panther. As -hmm. I say that though, Captain America is, listen, I'm I'm sure fans will disagree, but he's barely more than superhuman, right? He's super strong, super Mm -hmm. agile, uh, preserves well on ice. Um, And all of his adventures, the Captain America movies, they are these spy thriller solo adventures where you see Steve Rogers on the ground. I do think that in its lateness to the mcu there was less of an attempt at um framing natasha that way but i think that for a movie that is both trying to be an exploration of this big looming terrible element of her past that has been uh, hinted at for so long and as something that's working in so many other new characters into the mcu It was do it like it. It had a big task ahead of it, and for how badly it could have been executed, I was surprised at seeing that it didn't sort of feel like a "we're trying to make up for all the lost time that you haven't seen." Widow. Um, It really was just sort of like a "hey, listen, we know it's late. Um, (laughs) We're going to give you a solid B, and hopefully, you are cool with that." And as a, a, (laughs) (laughs) I, I just can't help but think like, "Oh, if this had come out." pre uh, pre end game right i do think that yeah. like a look back um is actually an interesting move and could have worked just to sort mm-hmm. of keep everyone in that sort of bated breath anticipation space um especially as a precursor to you know natasha's death this could have been really yeah. effective um but between the fact that this was late to the game and then because of the production cycle the reveal at the end was kind of spoiled by another disney show that we're not going to get into right now mm-hmm. all of the you know all of the magic that could have been working in this movie's favor to sort of push it over the edge just wasn't quite there
1: yeah i agree i, I like i said there, there was nothing that uh, offended me about the movie or made me upset about the The ticket price. Those wildly terrible Russian accents didn't offend you. (laughs) You can, the the Russian accent you can murder as much as you want. It's just Um, Boris and Natasha's everywhere. It is. Uh, But yeah, I agree. Uh, It was uh, something that was a bit uh, obviously uh, hampered by uh, ill timing that was out of people's control. But it's not the only show we're talking about that has some weird uh, timing issues. Ha ha. We're talking about Loki. Let's talk about that. Let's Okay, so Loki season 1 finale aired gone, it's past. We're all chewing on it, we're all processing it. It left us with a lot of open-ended possibilities for the future of MCU phase 4. Yes. Um but uh there's 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 a lot to unpack about the finale. Um I think we can just go ahead and one say this is going to be spoiler filled. Very, very um, much so. We're going to talk about the show as a whole. We're going to talk about the finale as a whole. It's this like the finale would be impossible for us not to spoil. <laughs> you can't talk about it without spoiling it. Um because particularly the big part of the finale to talk about is the introduction of the end boss. He yeah. who remains,
0: <laughs> the end boss. It's I. I love that you frame it that way because what I have been feeling about Loki for a few episodes now, but really sort of came to the fore here. It's like, oh, it's Wizard of Oz, right? You know, we've we've gotten yeah. to Oz, we've seen the big Emerald City, and we've gotten our little Emerald accents, you know, by way of the Loki's magic, and we got to the door, and chop yeah. chop the door's head off. So we get behind the door, and we are finally introduced to Jonathan Major's very eccentric take yes. on who we are all calling Kang the Conqueror um, as a shorthand uh the show is trying to dance around it um sort of you know to he he who could this man be is he just mm-hmm. a, a strange time lord at the end no no um this man um or uh whatever the, the the core version of this character is who's going to go on to portray Kang in um Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media um down mm-hmm. the line uh, he is introduced here as sort of being um, the person who has been controlling the TVA all along Founder, yeah. um, the founder, the founder um, who goodness uh, um, came to the conclusion that the sacred timeline had to be maintained um, with the use of the TVA. Um, you know, man's been orchestrating all the abductions throughout time to get people working to keep things in order. Um, busy, busy, busy man. And when faced Um, with this man, both Sylvie and Loki are, you know, dumbfounded, um, to see that this grand machine that they've been rallying against the whole time is really just sort of, uh, the sick and twisted experiment of a single scientist who, after discovering how to breach the multiverse, uh, took it upon himself to, you know, fix it, you know, to keep it in check. Um, and I, I, I'm very curious to hear what your reaction to this is, um, because this episode, in my recollection, I just finished watching it not too long ago, again, um, was that the bulk of this episode was a, a sit and talk, right? Um, it was. You, you've got Kang uh, talking to Sylvia and Loki, who were both, who are you? And he's like, I am me. And let me explain to you who that is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we see his origins, how he first breached the multiverse and sort of came to understand it. Um, And this whole time, Loki and Sylvie, I thought, were trying to comprehend everything, Um, even though the idea was pretty simple. It's like, it's me. I'm Kang. Hello. Um, It's been me all along. Um, It was a very Agatha-like sequence. That was something else that came to mind. This did sort of Mm. remind me a lot of the scene in WandaVision where Agatha has Wanda uh, chained up with magic in her basement or whatever, and she's just like you know, only the witches with the runes, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, It was a lot of that, but it was much longer and much more of an opportunity for us to sort of get a sense of the fact that this take on the character who will eventually be identified as Kang is, you know, unhinged and not to be trusted. And yeah, I, I, I came away from this really just sort of feeling like, ah, right, okay um because in the end you know sylvie kills him and that's just it um that's that's it kills him and then the multiverse surprise goes mad and you start to see it all branch out um and that's just sort of how the series comes to an end
1: yeah uh, it's it's definitely a risky choice to end your big epic with a uh, a powwow um, <laughs> yeah yeah it it's it, you know it for some people it doesn't work. Uh, a lot of people uh, calling back to, or I, I personally called back to like the architect scene from The Matrix mm, yeah. uh, Reloaded. Um, I'm one of the few people who kind of liked that scene, um, but it, it, it maybe for different reasons why I enjoyed that. Um, but I, I can I I definitely see the criticism as being valid as to people being like we so we ended the series with a lot of monologuing yeah and um, i think that
0: like a lot of people like the finale like got quite a bit out of it because i i cross sure. over a few things like there are you know there's this moment we do see loki and sylvie finally kiss you know the series gets explicit like yes that glimmer in their eyes was just a budding romance and it's like um, okay all right sure um that goes unresolved aside from it's you know being sort of laid out on uh, in front in front of us but i guess my my biggest sort of not issue with because i uh, in the same way that you didn't feel offended by black widow i didn't think that loki was bad i just thought oh it just yeah. didn't it just kind of fizzled not not even fizzled out just sort of like came to an end um yeah. and that end was a lot of foreshadowing in a way that i think could have just been presented a little more interestingly um because as much how to put one of the things that i've sort of struggled with is because i remember how i felt watching the wandavision finale and it's like wow look at all these lights and colors this is a lot this is a lot and it's unnecessary right and this is the polar opposite of that right it's like let's strip it down and have something that's more akin to like um, a deep conversation but i kind of kept feeling like there wasn't all that much um substance to what was being said you know you We get it. You're the guy. Like, you're the bad guy. And I almost kind of wanted there to be a bit more of a back and forth or like a three-hander situation.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if what Disney might learn from some of these series that, you know, have, were made, you know, a while ago um, and are now finally coming out and that kind of thing. Um, if a lot of people's reactions to some of these shows like Wanda and like Loki... Is that um, you know there's a lot of buildup in these shows and and because of people's myself included you know their their um excitement that, that that is just innately going to be poured into these shows because of these characters these are all based around characters that we already know and love mm. um, that you know it's it's more important than ever that they land the ship well, and that's hard to do under any circumstances. It's hard to, like, end a movie well, it's hard to end a TV series well, mm. and on top of that, when you, uh, when you pack as much as you did into this show in six episodes, um, I think everybody got to the end of episode five and went, like, they are, you, are you gonna wrap this up in one episode? In one episode, and is it gonna be a longer episode? Because it's,
0: right. like, it isn't, um, Messy as both uh, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier's finales were, they yeah. did bring the ship home, right? It's like, all right, listen, Wanda screwed up, took over all these people, and now she's gonna run away from uh, the morality police, right? Yeah. Um, we've got Sam is Cap now, and Bucky hangs out with black folks. That's just it, right? And the show is kind of like <laughs> that's where we leave them. Bucky gets uh, <laughs> invited to the barbecue. That's how it works out. And we're not in, we're, listen, we're not going to get into that right now, but, um, Loki sort of, we've talked about this previously. The show very much was sort of an introduction to the multiverse, right? And the show does do that, um, rather successfully, right? It's sort of, if you, if, if, if the rather self-explanatory, I think, idea wasn't clear to you before, after watching this series, or just, you know, sort of getting acquainted with the basic concept, you're like, oh, right, okay, so you step through a door, and it's like the real world, but it's different. The show did that well, but in terms of where it took Loki emotionally, um, where it took Sylvie emotionally from point A to point B, it definitely felt um, a little stunted. Um, In thinking about this, I think that part of what didn't feel sort of like a letdown but it was like oh right this loki is not the loki that we knew from ragnarok who was i think a much more emotionally dynamic character by the end of ragnarok by the end of ragnarok yeah. um honestly by the beginning of infinity war uh, or whichever one he gets his right popped in that one at that yeah. point the The subtleties in, like, uh, the subtleties in the way Loki interacts with people, his decisions to actually do heroic things, those are all born out of, like, experiences that this Loki has not had. And there was so, I felt like there was a way in which this series sort of uh, just by design leaned into that earlier, more immature, impetuous Loki Mm -hmm. that felt like a step back. Um, or rather in, in sort of bringing him back to that point, it had the job of trying to make him, um, a similarly, but not the same character as the one I'm talking about, but like a similarly, like more complicated and compelling person. And in the end, I don't know that I really got that out of this. I Mm. think that the big sort of like character development that Loki got, it's like, Oh, Loki found his heart. Right? we Even if you could infer that Loki had the capacity to experience familial love before, now we can see, ostensibly you could argue that Loki is the first time that we've seen Loki fall in love with someone. But How far even, can we take this Wizard of Oz metaphor? You just said he found his heart. Oh my goodness, right? But <laughs> even, um, I, I, even in the end, Loki and Sylvie's relationship felt both tacked on and sort of like gotcha. a weird way of trying to tackle the whole concept of... L- Uh, Loki's gender fluidity. Um, I remember when the series first dropped, everyone's like, "Uh, gender fluid Loki confirmed. Yes, this is great. Mm. And in the end, the the show was like, okay, well, one of the ultimate reality versions of Loki is a woman. In my mind, that's not what gender fluidity is. No. Um, that's really sort of like a, that's finding a loophole to be able to say that you did something when it's not really the case. But even still, like, that's fine. But I I, I I don't know that that fully derails the show. But no, as sort of an element of this sort of core component of, you know, what the emotional impact in the finale is, you know, that, that kiss between Sylvia and, and Loki, regardless of how you feel about it, is supposed to be big. I can't help but think about, like, I mean, okay. Sure, sure. Um, But having said all of that, the big uh, twist of the episode, what a twist, um, was not um, uh, your traditional uh, post-credit sequence, but just like a, hey, Loki will be back for season two, which I think makes make a lot of sense right this definitely if you told me that if you told me that this was going to be a mid-season finale i would be like oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah, um but along with the announcement of loki season two came the announcement of like okay well loki is also going to be in multiverse of madness which makes sense but it's like all right goodness so whew, this is going to be uh, a busy-ass guardian for a little while
1: <laughs> he is. He, he, we're, we're, we'll see him again in next year is what we'll see him again yeah. in, in, a, in multiple projects. Um, yeah, I I feel like the show did what it could with its constraints to try and make that, uh, you know, make that progression of, of Loki from A to B happen. Um, and th- I think they did a very good job, in my opinion, the very first episode of kind of creating a expedited uh first step into that you know being able to literally see your future helps give you perspective everything about Um, the pilot
0: really was like oh yes like i need this if this is the baseline that we're starting with fantastic and i just feel like much like the now multiversal timeline it started to branch out into some spaces that just weren't quite as effective at maintaining that like oh this is this is this is a different space for him and we're we're going to see some like new wild shit.
1: Yeah, I think it, when we you and I were talking uh, earlier this week about this, a lot of the of our shared uh, uh criticisms of the show, m- mine being a little less than yours. I, I enjoy it a little bit more, but I totally get the criticisms a lot of it comes from uh, the show needed more time and more money to kind of pull off some stuff. Like mm-hmm. we talked about how like uh, Loki didn't really get to travel around to to very many zany places. He got to go to the purple planet. That was about as zany as it got. The bisexual um, lighting planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The bisexual lighting planet that they mostly hung out on half of half of the time just hung out on a train. Um, <laughs> and it's like we're on a train now. And it's like, huh. All right. That's sure. how you keep your budget low. Um, <laughs> but same thing like they like, you know, they went and hung out in a Walmart for an episode. Another cheap way to do your show. Um, because, yeah, because hopping around to a bunch of locations gets expensive um it totally and, is
0: and it and i i can you can only hold that against the show but so much right because i, I yeah. think in our i think well in my criticism i'm always trying to keep in mind like all right like evaluate the thing for what it is right like yeah, yeah, you can yeah. you can definitely yeah. yeah
1: i i it was like just a wish list of things like i wish they had given the show two more episodes yeah a, six and they does, does given just the- feel like really truncated yeah, I, I looked it up, and uh, I I told you this before, but like Mandalorian was like eight episode seasons, and those felt like a good, um, and they weren't even trying to accomplish as much as these as this show was trying to accomplish. Like Mandalorian was just trying to get you know the uh, you know a, a dad to find his kid. That's all it was. <laughs>
0: right, and I think that ultimately, even though Loki has Loki in the title, um, Loki was not the main character of this story. Um, he was definitely. Uh, the locomotive engine at the center of it, but the multiverse was the main character, and the I don't think. Motive? Uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't think that the show needed to just be a tour of the multiverse. I'm trying, I'm trying to yeah. figure how to say this, but I think that even though the multiverse is the main character, it should not have been in the foreground. But we should have seen more of it to, I think, potentially heighten the somewhat. More stayed story about Loki and Sylvie and Mobius and Ravana mm-hmm. and B fifteen being told in the foreground. I want to shift though and talk about some yeah. things that the show did get well right because um, I do think that in the end these this, this this looking back at them all now this first batch of live action Marvel shows it's like yeah it's like a really. Interesting piece of gum. The flavor is really strong at first, and you're like, This, is, this, this <laughs> is great. And you work it around a little bit, and then it cuts your mouth a little, and you're like, Ooh, okay, but I'm going to keep going. And then you get to the end, and you're like, All right, that was an experience. And then you chew it over. And then in the end, you're like, Huh, that was a journey. Um, let's talk about the solid parts at the top. I really just want to talk about magic for a hot second. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, because I do think that we're talking about things that could have that uh, that could have just been done to add a little more texture to the story. I do think that something that we end up learning about Loki that's really interesting is it puts his um, his magical powers and scale, um, mm-hmm. just by juxtaposing him with the other Lokis, uh, both yeah. Sylvie and all of her enchantments, um, and then Richardie Grant's boastful Loki uh, from classic the fifth Loki. episode. Cla- sorry, yes, classic Loki, um, boastful Loki. RIP. Um, I'm assuming we're not going to see more of him. Um, <laughs> no, I think that was his time. <laughs> that was uh, that was it. Um, but with classic Loki, you, even though we never got to see his um, his home, like Silver Age universe. I think in his characterization, you got enough detail for what that world was like, both from his costume and from the world weariness, right? It's like, oh, not only is your universe kind of jokey, but like you've made it all the way through and, you know, sort of like cut your teeth as one of the villains. And now you're here tired, but still able to show off like a glimpse of what your might is. And that both gave me, you know, some context for, his life, but also really makes you understand. Like, oh Loki, you not to say that your magic is weak, but like this whole I'm dry now. Like, okay, can you make? Can you remake a building out of yeah. you know your your will energy? And the answer is no. But I think that in exposing that, that sort of even though it didn't get picked up on as the series went on, that's sort of like an interesting new dynamic—not not, not yeah. a dynamic, but a new element of this prime Loki's characterization that I'm interested to see more of going forward.
1: Well, and even just at uh, uh, the most basis, ba- basic elements, like people like a power-up, you know, um, and if this character's been around for a while, and especially if you're a comic book fan like we are, like, and you know what the character has been capable of doing in certain instances, it's, it is interesting for them to explore that and do it in a way of, you know, him being shown by other versions of himself that they can pull off stuff that he can't, he's not yeah. been able to be pulling off. He gets the um, golden
0: sword and then doesn't do anything with it. And I'm like, all right, well, is, is it special? Does it just, you know, I, I want to, I, I'm assuming that these will
1: be things that'll like be followed up. Um, sure. Later on. Um, he did make the golden sword appear at the right time to block Sylvie's blow at one point. So okay. That was that was fun. All right, but little, yeah, you're right. It didn't. It wasn't like exactly like a He-Man moment.
0: Now here's the thing: if <laughs> if there had just been a He-Man moment apropos of nothing, and it's like, huh, okay, I, I, it, it, I, I, I it would have made me bump it up a letter grade. Like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why it's happening, but I'm here for it. <laughs>
1: if we got if we got some sort of like a buff armored up uh loki (laughs)
0: listen there are there are i i i strongly encourage everyone who is uh fiending for a loki fix just like go google some of the covers that loki has appeared on over the years there are some very fetching loki's uh from throughout the era that Mm -hmm. tom hiddleston could transform into in a very power rangers like way um yeah but (laughs) To talk about characters who I do think kind of really got um, some interesting arcs that were more concrete because they were smaller. Um, I want to talk about um, B-15, Winnie Musaka's character, um, who in rewatching the series before this, it's like, oh, right. She's literally one of the first person, like she's one of the first people that Loki meets who is sort of like his introduction to the TVA. Um, And I think that consistently because she had like, less to bounce off of in terms of different twists to go in we you can see more clearly the arc that she's on right she really is this like hardline believer in the TVA and its cause um and she's She's an enforcer right she's an enforcer and she's totally all about it and has none of the doubt that Mobius does um but whereas Loki sort of really quickly comes to uh, no he never really sort of buys into the TVA um there there's no moment where he sort of I guess maybe when he looks at the infinity stones he's like wow maybe this is the shit then he's like
1: nah he he recognizes it as power or as power recognized.
0: but it's not yeah. the organization itself but like with yeah. B15 you do see you know what being um a fanatic believer in um an outsized power system looks like and how you know she breaks you know that that, that is something that she has torn us under for herself in a really sort of gradual and i thought effective way like by the end i do buy that B15 is like fuck this, you know? Um
1: Yeah, it's it's to have that she she had the 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 real event of experiencing past memories.
0: Right, know? right,
1: right. And where as opposed to uh uh Ravona uh that she was just told you right know, what was false. Even saw the the time timekeepers get their heads chopped off in their robots. Even that didn't convince her but it didn't convince yeah. her. yeah. Hunter's, like, a uh, real experience, yeah, it, it shook her crisis of faith and she had a real reaction to it. I am interested to see
0: what's next for Ravana uh, because in the comics, she has a direct connection to Kang. Uh, they're yeah. romantically linked. And I, 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 hmm. I think that, not even I think that, I'm curious what season two, what a season two can be now that the TVA is essentially, you know, um, a, I guess in free fall. You know, yeah. you know, at the end we see, we see the multiverse sort of taking over everything and setting off all the alarms and the the handful of employees that we ever see in this show are all like, Oh shit, what do we do? I wonder if something like Loki season two is like more akin to the office, adventure show that everybody wanted for, um, um, for Jimmy Woo. No, is that his name? Was Jimmy his name from Onivision? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's like Sylvie and the Variants trying to keep things together at the office because, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's it really does keep it quite amazingly open-ended in that Loki gets sent to a different timeline where Mobius and b15 don't don't know him know him and so that it just it just dredges up the question is the other mobius you know still around is this the is this a replacement timeline um will mobius ever get on a jet ski uh <laughs> it, it 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 really kind of does leave you like did are we saying goodbye to those characters or is because because you be brought up like R- ravona is a great example of like she's she's got a she's got a, a future we still need to resolve like we we know what what she can be in the comics and so i can't see them resetting her kind of like you know they reset mobius and b-15 character at the end of the series um and so i wonder if like there's you know they've got to resolve that is loki going to find his way back to his good friend you know mobius prime uh, right 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 is, is there a, a a wrong to write uh, that will set things back to how they were with the other timeline, or even like, um, is 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 Loki just in another timeline? Is he just is he just in another? Is do do those exist now? Because you know all the branching off. Have, it really does like create just a a, tor- a torrential storm of questions. I think that the thing that is both most promising and most sort of
0: annoying about Loki is that it does <laughs> <laughs> it does sort of end up positioning itself as um, the. Uh, the thing that's leading next to all all possible things yeah um and there is no i feel like there is no real way to have like a solid definitive read on what's meant to come next because it's how to put in there's a way in which like textually it can be like and because the multiverse happened then happened but then you can step back and be like all right well um these decisions are also ultimately decided by just the movements that the company decides to make, which is something, which is the kind of move that you would expect from a company like Marvel. It's like, all right, like, let's see, let's leave Loki open-ended, see how these next couple of um, series and movies do, and then figure out like what kind of things may end up shaping Loki's future. So as to gel with what's next,
1: it's really going to, they're going to have to kind of, at some point decide uh, when this show happened, because time really means nothing in this It's show. happening at all possible times, John. Don't you get and, it? And uh and and then after that, it's like when will they introduce what ha- you know what happened in this show to the rest of the MCU because they have a whole slate of things coming out that some have to do with this subject matter, but then some don't. Like we've got like, you know, Shang-Chi and we've got the Eternals and everything like that. So that has to happen. Um we've got other MCU D- Disney series still set to come out that before even, you know, uh, Dr. Strange multiverse or even Ant-Man quantum uh, you know, we've got like, uh, uh, Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye and that kind of thing, which mm. don't have part- concrete release dates yet. Um, so I think, th- you know, I, what this is probably going to end up being is just a, a piece of the puzzle that will come into play later on when they really start wanting to ramp things up with like Dr. Strange and the multiverse in next March and even late and even, uh, on top of that ant-man in in february um because i don't know there's there's they still have a lot to to get through before we get to next year yeah i mean i think that
0: one of the one of the like one of the interesting things that i think may come to fruition uh, in loki's wake is the idea that a lot of these marvel projects that have always been or rather that have been on the slate for a few years um were never intended to be set uh, within what we now know as the sacred timeline, as we knew it at the time, and that mm. the multiverse of madness, which is what it's being called now, that big branchy timeline. What is ultimately going to happen uh, potentially is that some of these movies, um, like Shang Chi um, and the Eternals, are just going to take place in those branch timelines. Um, yeah, they can now, right? And I think that in the reunion I'm not just to bring this uh, to a comics discussion. Um, uh, recall the concept of the incursions that were part of Secret Wars, um, yeah. where realities just come crashing back into each other.
1: Um, I mean, it's a comic book trope. Like DC's done it plenty of times with their crises. Yeah, and it's like you think to yourself, "Well, how is Marvel
0: going to handle the Illuminati?" Don't even worry about it, right? We've got. <laughs> I, I think that it, <laughs> I think that it would be very um, logical and sort of uh, straightforward. By the way, Charles is
1: actually referencing something very specific in the Marvel world by referencing the Illuminati. It's not even like with the Illuminati. Like, no, there's an Illuminati in oh, the Marvel, no. and We're it's ta- not
0: who you think it is. We're talking about Charles Xavier, T'Challa, yep. Reed Richards, Namor, sometimes Doom. I feel. And that's that's also something that I feel like hasn't strange was in there I think strange is in there sometimes Um, I feel like it also hasn't been broached that um, baked into the promise of Kang is a pretty direct connection to the Fantastic Four Um, yeah the man who becomes Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards Um, and it's you know it's like ah I see I I I, I see how these things can work out Um, I don't know I I I think that Loki in the end was definitely a solid staging ground Um, but. I also think that I won't be able to really fully form my opinion until I see until I see that emotional um, resolution and sort of like reflection for Sylvia and Loki about the things that were set in motion in this series that were not specifically about Nexus events. Right. It's like what's going on with you. You two. Um, Yeah. Talk about that, because I do think that. Even though the promise of what's next is definitely just a part of this genre, right? Like people who complain, oh, I just want I I, I, I I don't want to know about what's next. That's just how comics are. If you don't like it, stop, right? That's just how it is. <laughs> but these stories do, I think, uh, benefit from being able to end on a note um, that, you know, the two are not mutually exclusive. Um, I... I as much as I hate it, I think that part of why I'm looking forward to the multiverse of madness is like the next time I see Wanda, it's like, I i think that you are a bad person for what you did and you deserve to be on trial. Um, but, mm. you know, I know how Wanda, I know how Wanda vision ended, right? And I can maintain both of those thoughts in my mind. With Loki, they are,
1: go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, they are definitely much to, I think, both of our our delight setting up. You, you already mentioned it, magic being such an important part of the MCU. Uh and and that leaves me something very much something to look forward to. You know, Loki Loki's magic, Wanda's magic, Doctor Strange magic. It's it's gonna be a, a mishmash of Sparkles and colors. It's just going to be a, a light show. It'll you know look like
0: um, stoplights, basically, um, based <laughs> on their color coordination. Oh my God, they are! <laughs> it's
1: red, yellow, and green. <laughs> um,
0: you know, America Chavez will also be there, punching white stars into space. So it'll be a whole thing. I'm sure it'll be really
1: great for people who have photosensitivity. <laughs> <laughs> they have um, to have warnings in front of these things. But yeah, it's 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 looking to be witchy and fun coming up.
0: But in terms of things that feel like they are... WandaVision, obviously, is going to... Um, Multiverse of Madness is going to tie directly into this. I am on the fence about... Well, we don't know whether or not What If is going to be sort of like a, some of these tiny timelines out there. No, yeah. Let's explore those really quick. Um, that would be really convenient. Um, but I think that what has me sort of looking forward to um, What If is an attempt at... Giving me a look at some of what was missing, I think, from Loki. Um, just there's there's a lot that can be uh, achieved by just seeing just seeing different places. It's like, oh yeah, there's a lot going on here. I I, I feel like that is definitely going to like light me up in a way that this show might not have.
1: Yeah, and and that that's what I was referring to with the the cold open question was that that um, even beyond the what if series, those alternate timelines have been some super interesting you know detours in the Marvel Universe again X-Men have done a lot House of M is a good example Age of Apocalypse is a good example stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and from those have come you know uh, in some instances characters that have that have you know stayed on um, there have been characters from Age of Apocalypse that have stayed around and you know like Dark Beast and and uh, what's Bishop's sister's name uh, Blink Shard. One of those.
0: When <laughs> I, whenever I think about characters from, dy- you know, dystopian futures who have just stuck around, Cable and Rachel Summers yeah. are just kicking around, calling yeah. Scott and Jean mom and dad, and it's like yeah. this makes no sense, but here they
1: are. It's not even the regular Cable right now in comics. It's young Cable. There's a young Cable in the X-Men comics right now. He's like a, like a, like a, like a Twinkie looking version. John, uh, things have changed. Uh, you gotta, things have changed rather recently. Oh really? I gotta
0: catch up. Yep, 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 yep. But yeah, but that, but that's the point, right? Like, literally, they've just got these two, and you've got Cable bopping around. His young version, his old version. They both have connections to Deadpool. You know, they are, they are, they are an an established part of the X Men's just like general mythos enough so that their presence in present day comics that aren't about this dystopian future, um, you know, doesn't seem odd. And that's not to say that that should be the Avengers goal, but no. as we look forward to, um, new projects, um, something I feel like has come up in a lot of conversations is like, Oh, like what is Marvel doing to just like cultivate, um, new IP that isn't, you know, necessarily like pop, pop, popping. Um, you get, yeah. you know, what is the next like Miss Marvel specifically? Because, you know, Kamala Khan is such a relatively new character who's sort of like, took on a presence in um you know took on a presence in the comics much like miles morales did and sort of became like a big thing that's like oh like here this person is um one of the ways that that can happen for characters is through alternate reality versions Mm -hmm. um it isn't the only you know it isn't the only way but i do think that the heart Miles morales but right right but you know what i mean but you do get characters like miles morales where it's not just like a oh what if t'challa was Star-Lord. That is the premise, right? Initially yeah. kind of sort of, but then once you sort of take that premise beyond the what if, that's when the character starts to take on um, a significance and the potential to become something so much more. And I hope that even uh, you mentioned Marvel zombies earlier, I don't like zombies. I mean, I like zombies, but I don't like the idea of zombies with superpowers. I think that's wrong. Um, it's dark, it gets dark fast in those stories and they're very hungry and they talk, which is also wrong. Um, they (laughs) do, they have full conversations about anyway. Um, but that kind of space I think is just so, um, really prime to give people a chance to
1: experience some new fresh things that, uh, deserve more eyeballs it really also does not that this is the way they're going to do it, but this has been an ongoing theory of how they're going to do it. It offers them a way of integrating these new IPs like the X-Men who I just think uh, no matter what, it's going to be hard to weave the X-Men world into the MCU just out of nowhere. Um, But you either have to go super small and, 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 you know, grassroots introduce them. But if you wanted to go big and introduce them in a larger way, alternate dimensions with x-men is a route now with like this whole multiverse kind of a uh, you know funkiness
0: i just i really i i i'm sure however it ends up happening i will be very interested to see it but i feel like the mutants just showing up fully formed is not the right way to go because that to me is just like haha remember that purchase we made a couple of years ago guess what we bought?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it would, I think it would be a, a wasted opportunity. I, it, 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 it seems like, it feels like more so what they did was they managed to buy an entire other phase. Right, right. And I think that that's,
0: that's, that's looking at that, it's like noticing that you're floating above a whale and it's like, what would that even look like? I think that sort of like magnitude is what makes something like the X-Men really promising. There's a way that the Fantastic Four, both because of the way that, They've always functioned in the comics and because of how they've been um, adapted in pop culture, I feel like it's easy, even though the movies, their, their cinematic adaptations have not been solid. It is easy to wrap your mind around how the fantastic four just pop up places. They're a family yeah. of scientists, you know, they get in all kinds of wacky trouble. Sometimes yeah. they're in other dimensions. It's like, okay, sure. Um, especially because they've got good old American cosmic radiation powers where it's just yeah. kind of like you go up into space, bam. Um, whereas something that is sort of baked into societal commentary, like uh, the X Men, needs a little bit more, um, yeah, you know, a little bit more zhuzhing.
1: Yeah, and 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 their their origin story is based around appearing into humanity. Whereas you know, as as a you know, frankly, a next step in evolution. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, the like. The the Fantastic Four just need to have an accident somewhere. That's all they need to do, and and then they have an accident, and it's like, oh, they got the superpowers now. Oh, one of them is really smart, that kind of thing. Um, Because it's
0: it's also because like there's so many heroes, and as much as I love Captain Marvel, Carol truly just stood next to a reactor and got like blown back, and like that's it. Like it wasn't even like in her, in her. She was next to the explosion, and now she's just OP, and like good for her. But it seems like there should be a lot more super people running around the MCU.
1: Yeah, I mean and that and that's like that's part of like the the bread and butter of comics now is how they cut. Co- you know they call them metahumans are are rampant and all come from different ways. It's like, "Oh, are you a Inhuman or are you a mutant? Oh, are you uh, someone who was, you know, mom and dad were metahuman or did you like, you know, stand next to a lightning bolt and and you were holding, <laughs> you know, fireworks and now you're a firework lightning boy, stuff like that, you know." <laughs> um it's 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 there um but yeah i i think the x-men definitely is something worth uh just save for phase five
0: listen we are all going to hear a very dramatic orchestral um arrangement of the 90s cartoon i guarantee you the reason that we don't hear them use it anywhere i I think i might have mentioned this on the show before but the first or the second, maybe season of the gifted, they managed to sneak the animated theme song into a character's ringtone, and it was like ooh, and the power that song has. I guarantee you, it's going to come back, and it's going to be amazing. But until then, we can just you know leave the X Men um, on the periphery of our minds.
1: So where where do you just like kind of land on like Loki as a show as a whole? Is is it something that you know was a passing grade, or you know is it something that you know? I don't know, you just simply, you, you like, you actually liked it. I think that Loki, I appreciate
0: as a theme park ride on the way to see a movie. Um, that's ultimately kind (laughs) of how I, but that's, that's really what this ended up feeling like. Um, Yeah,
1: it was a vehicle. It was a vehicle.
0: You know, it's, it, it it is a vehicle more than a character study. And in general, I prefer more character focused things that go beyond what if I didn't like myself because okay, and what if, (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, that being said, I think as, um, a vehicle, it did a solid job. It did a solid to okay job and. Because of the way that it comes to an end, it definitely opens itself up to the possibility of winning me back over on the back half.
1: It's you know, Disney's doing a very good job of, you know, post, I think at the very least you can say post end game um, keeping us interested in their characters in their world. and you know slowly but surely setting up this next era in a, in, in, in an interesting way where I'm you know, I'm excited to get to these these even newer characters now um you know give me kamala i want to see kamala now um let's let's meet some new you know loki was very much the fan service show that they were returning to someone who's already gotten a ton of screen time and it was just the show was devoted to him and his variants so um it it will be interesting next to see them tap into new new faith. yeah Well, that brings this episode of The Real Canon to a close. If you
0: liked what you heard, and we know you did, please be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss a single show. We have new episodes coming out every Tuesday.
1: And if this episode was your first time checking us out and you want to talk more about what we covered today or just generally tell us like your thoughts on Loki, you can do that just adding us at RealCanonPod and we'll read it and we'll either agree or disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you want to let us, uh, a friend of yours know about our show, we wouldn't say no to that either. So thank you
0: yep thank you guys get ready get hyped and we'll be back next week with more than real canon